guys, welcome to Entry Level, the podcast for people figuring it out. Um, I want to start and say that this is so weird. Um, if you are a frequent listener, then you know that I am typically accompanied by my co-host, but today I'm not, so I this is very weird. I feel like I'm talking to myself. I wonder if this is what the YouTube girls feel like when they're vlogging. Like, I know this is going out into the world. But right now I'm looking straight into my computer and kind of talking to myself. So this is definitely a different experience. As I'm recording this, it is two days after Valentine's Day, but in the spirit of Valentine's Day and the month of love, Lexi and I decided to do our own solo episode. And if you haven't already listened, go ahead and listen to her episode. She talks about things that she wishes she knew before she started dating. For context, she's been in a serious relationship for the past couple of years. But today, I'm going to talk about my experience dating, casual dating, um, and I don't know. I feel like I have a pretty long outline. I typically don't like flesh out all the episodes, but I feel like I have so much to say, but I want it to be coherent. So yeah, that is what we're doing today. But yeah, I feel like in the spirit of love for today's intro, I decided to do go back to our traditional route we kind of like have categories that we'll do for our intros and I think we've strayed away in the past couple of months but I'm going back to our roots and doing this or that dating edition so like I said casual dater and I think that <laughs> some things can be said about I think people have different opinions on all of these so I thought it would be a fun one to do like this or that so first category I decided to do dating apps in the honor of 2023 and how everyone dates nowadays so my very first one is bumble or hinge um for everyone who doesn't know i graduated from smu southern methodist university in 2021 and while i completely believe in for better lack of terms girl bossing and <laughs> love supporting a fellow smu alum whitney wolf heard who is the founder of Bumble, um, I would actually surprisingly go with Hinge. Um, that's for a multitude of reasons. While I believe the guys on Bumble are cuter, like holistically, objectively, I absolutely hate sending the first message, especially because a lot of the times guys don't fully flesh out their Bumble profile which is really annoying to me because I'm like, you expect me to say something witty to you, but you have absolutely nothing that I can work off of and not to call myself a comedian but like you know how comedians do crowd work and like to do that they have to like get some information and it's like I want to be funny I want to be like witty but like I can't do that when you only have a picture of you day drinking and a picture of you graduating so like what what do you expect me to use with that information so I will say in that category Hinge is kind of a contender and like does a lot better because I think you have to fill out at least one prompt on your Hinge profile and you have to have a certain number of pictures, which I really appreciate. But on the flip side, I will not lie, men on Hinge just tend to have way more of the audacity. And if you use Hinge, then I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like, I can't even explain how many times I've been like humbled by using that app. Like, and that's coming from someone I realize that I am not the most attractive person in the world okay like I'm not Beyonce and that's totally fine but on the other hand like I just 
I know I'm not ugly. You know what I mean? And it's like some of the people, and you know, like I said, there's someone out there for everybody. But some of the people that send me likes on Hinge, I'm just like, am I not self-aware of what I actually look like? Like, I know that I've had a glow up in the past couple of years. So maybe like an older version of me. Sure. Yeah. You thought you could like like me and we like match whatever. But I don't know, like something about the people that I get likes from, like I'm just like very humbled and like li- like literally at a loss for words. But I will say I like the prompts on Hinge because it gives me something to work with if I like want to be witty. Um, the issue is just like they hide every one that you're actually interested in behind a paywall. And the crazy thing is though, is like even if you want, if you pay for the premium version, like you're not going to have those people in your discovery. Like you still have to use a rose on them. And again, what do I look like sending a rose to a man? Like that's just not going to happen. But all of that to say, my answer, if I had to pick, would be Hinge. Moving on to the next category. Um, I had first date options. And while this is not what I would love a guy to plan for a first date, I would say that 90% of the time it comes down to these two options, at least with guys that I've dated in Dallas. And it's just like the most basic option and that's dinner or drinks. I feel like when I first started casually dating, um, I loved the idea of a guy taking me to dinner and me eating on his dime. Not gonna lie, I still like the idea of that, but um, I've been in some situations now where it's like, you're really committing when it comes to saying yes to dinner. You know, you're sitting through the process of ordering a drink, looking at the menu, like the waiter bringing your food out. Then you have to wait for them to take your plates. Then you have to wait for them to get the bill. Like it's just too many steps. And if you're not vibing with the person, like that can feel like the longest night of your life. So to save yourself that distress and despair, I'm telling you right now, I'm giving you some advice while it may seem like the cheaper option and you're like, I deserve X, Y, and Z, same, sweetie. Like, I think you deserve a five-star a five star dinner at a, the nicest restaurant ever. But I'm telling you, do the drinks option. <laughs> like, you never know what you're getting yourself into when it comes to first dates. And it's just the safest option. You can leave after, like, one to two drinks. If it's not vibing, you finish that drink real quick and then you're done. That's it. Um, but, but yeah, I would say that that has been my go-to lately. Um, you can pick like a really vibey bar or restaurant to get these drinks at. I typically pick like a trendier spot. Um, it's really funny because guys will be like, oh, like, you know, all the good spots in Dallas. And it's like, yeah, like, why would I tell us to go to, not saying that's my vibe, but like, yeah, I'm going to pick like a cool place, like not a dive bar, like. Especially when you're paying, like, no, I'm not going to be, like, the cheapest place ever. But, um, yeah, that's probably my choice would be drinks. Um, and the next one that I have, and if you're my friend, then you already know my, the answer to this. Um, this is more so when you're, like, second, third, fourth date and, like, they're picking you up. Because um, I'm just, like, not the type of person who's, like, you're picking me up on the first date. I'm, like, you could be a serial killer. I don't need you knowing where I live. So after, like, the third, fourth date, I'll, like, let them start picking me up. And my next category would be driver or passenger princess. I obviously, from my response, it's obvious. Like I I would pick passenger princess for a multitude of reasons. One, if you know me in real life, I've been having a lot of car issues lately. Not 
they're not like really pressing car issues to where it's like, I can't drive my car. It's more so like a, I take it in for one thing and then they tell me something else is wrong. And so because of that, I just like don't like driving it out of like a 10 mile radius of Dallas. I'm talking like if I go to Plano, I get scared something will happen to my car, even though like nothing will probably happen. But it's just like every time I get in my car, something else is happening. But on the other hand, I also just like don't like driving, um, especially if it's like outside of my like little five mile bubble of Dallas. So like I live in pretty central Dallas. If you're 20 something and post-grad, like everyone kind of congregates in that area. It was the same way that when we were at SMU. And it's not that I don't go to other areas of Dallas. I think in a past episode, Lexi and I talked about like Bishop Arts and like everything else. Even when I go to Bishop Arts, like I hate driving. Like I want someone else to drive. Um, if I were to go to like Carrollton or something, oh my God, I hate driving over there. I just would rather someone else drive. I, like I can direct you. I can put on the best music ever, but like I would much rather be a passenger princess. So I would definitely say passenger princess. Um, the next one, I think I'm going to pick, um, I didn't know how to word this one, but I feel like this is also pretty relevant to casual dating is would you rather prefer someone ghosting you or someone sending a long-winded text cutting things off? Um, I'm going to get into this in a little bit, but I think in the past when I first started dating, I would have much rather uh, preferred like a long-winded text explaining like, I've had so much fun getting to know you and blah, 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 and like this and blah and X and Y and Z. But now I just feel like I don't care as much. Like I would much rather you just like cut it and things off, which I'm not going to say like I don't love a ghosting. Like I feel like I'm getting a little too into the <laughs> into the conversation that I'm about to have. But I feel like in today's society, people don't necessarily believe in human decency anymore. So a lot of the times they'll ghost and be like, well, I don't owe them anything because I don't know them. I do not believe in that, but I'm also like, I don't think you need to come up with a bunch of excuses to tell someone why you're not interested. You can just simply not be interested. So I think I kind of teeter the line. I used to be a long-winded text kind of girly, but I think I lie somewhere in between ghosting and texting. And then last but not least, I was texting my friend Rachel for like some ideas for this one. Thank you, Rachel, for some of the ideas that you gave me. Um, but I cannot think of the opposite of this one. So spare me for not being able to come up with something witty for the other one but this is just going to be like types of guys to date obviously we have our tried and true like finance bro and then we i could not think of a phrase to save my life i think rachel said sporty guy or smart guy and then she said parentheses finance etc i don't know how to word that lol um but i'm gonna say finance bro or just artsy guy Again, I know that I'm annoying because I keep saying, I keep teetering the line. I am not a full finance bro girly. I don't technically believe in finance bro slander though. Like, I think that people who work in finance are like some kind of smart. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of know what you're doing. And I like can appreciate that and respect that. But like the types of tendencies that they tend to have just like don't necessarily resonate with like my personality. Even though I feel like I am perceived as the type of person who would be attracted to a finance bro. I don't know if that makes sense. However, I think whenever I describe the types of guys that I'm interested in, it more so leans artsy guy. Even though like artsy guys also have tendencies that I like don't necessarily like. Um, for instance, I'm like, I need you to have a stable career. You know what I mean? 
and not saying that all RT guys don't have stable careers, but like the RT guy that I'm imagining doesn't have a stable career. So that's why I'm like, again, kind of teetering the line. I like the vibe of an artsy guy where it's like the style, the swag, like the music taste, you know, like, I don't know, it's interesting in other things that I'm interested in, but it's like, okay, I also need you to be able to provide for me and have a stable career and take me like to nice restaurants and I need to know that you can put a suit on. You know what I mean? It's like, while I love the fit and the Amelion door hoodie, like, can you also wear a suit to dinner? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I need the duality of man, if that makes sense. So I think, again, I teeter the line between finance bro and artsy guy. But yeah, that was the intro, this or that dating edition. Hope you liked it. If not, you don't have to tell me. That's totally fine. I thought it was fun. But yeah, moving into the bulk of the episode, like I mentioned at the beginning, Lexi did a solo episode last week on her dating experience and things that she wished that she knew before she started a serious relationship. And I'm not laughing at her like that was actually a really good episode. I'm laughing because I feel like I should give a little bit of background on myself in case you're new or in case you like just aren't caught up or don't remember. I think the last time we talked about our dating history was actually like episode three, um, which was literally over a year ago, which is kind of funny to me. And even then, I don't think I fully dived into the extent of my dating history just because it's like kind of complicated. At the time, I was still kind of unearthing some things about myself and how that affected my dating style. Um, the episode is number three, Swipe Right, in case you were interested. Um, but I feel like so much has changed in a year, just like within my own personality and how I explore dating, the people that I've like dated and talked to and just everything. And I've come to so many realizations and I felt like it would be cool to do a little episode on casual dating because I feel like I talk to my girlfriends about it all the time. and. It is tough out here. Like I, one, um, am a Libra. I don't know if anyone is into astrology. I'm not like fully like submerged and immersed in it. I know enough. Like I know my sun, moon, and rising. If you're interested, I'm a Libra sun, Taurus moon, and Sag rising. And I would say they're pretty accurate, honestly. Um, and I am just like a hopeless romantic at heart. My favorite genre of any category of film or TV show, like rom-com through and through. And I've always been a hopeless romantic. And I've always just thought I was going to have this picture-perfect fairy tale like story when it came to relationships. I, If you would have asked me in high school, I would have said, you know, I'm going to be engaged by like 24, married by 25, kids by 26, 27. Now I'm laughing at that because I'm currently 24. Um, and the thought of being married is kind of crazy to me. Again, like never say never, but also the thought of having a kid in a year is like just not my vibe. <laughs> but it's also funny because a brief overview of my dating history, like I said, I'm 24, but I've also never had a serious long-term relationship or a boyfriend. Um, and that's something that I used to be very insecure about. Like, to the point where I just kept it to myself for the longest amount of time and I just wouldn't really like bring it up in conversation when other people would talk about their exes um and thankfully I don't know if that's like the algorithm is a little too good on TikTok but in the past year year and a half I've been introduced to other people who are in this same category so like I'm thankful because I know that I'm not the only one 
who is experiencing this, but I also recognize that I'm not in a large majority. So I know that this episode won't necessarily be, all of the episodes won't necessarily be super relevant to everyone listening. I feel like there will be tidbits here and there that might be relevant to people who just casually date. But again, whenever I'm giving my experiences and talking about things, it's coming from a place of I've never had a long-term boyfriend. So like, if it's not relatable to you, I'm sorry, but like, I feel like some of the stuff that I'm talking about is pretty relatable to a large majority. But again, like I said, TikTok kind of helped me realize that I wasn't in a super small minority anymore. Again, when in the situations and the in the places that I was in the circles that I was in at the time, whenever I was in high school and college, I really thought that I was like the only one who had never experienced, you know, a relationship and someone that I had been with. And even if it had been like for a couple months, like it just I had never experienced that before. Wasn't until I got like midway through college that I actually like started dating and talking to guys. And then I guess you would say I entered like my situationship phase. Um, so it's just been interesting. Um, but before I like really dive into the episode, I think it's important for us to like talk about how society views relationships and how that affects honestly everyone, but specifically women. Again, I would say like in our society and within societal societal norms, um, there's this pressure to conform and be in a monogamous relationship. I think a lot of media portrays that, you know, like I just said with rom-coms and love songs and everything else, not that it's shoved down our throats, but we are really consuming a lot of media that kind of tells us that our lives aren't complete until we find our perfect partner and that there's someone out there that's perfect for you and one day you're going to meet them and everything in your life is going to be complete. Everything's going to be perfect. And like I said, I think that really influenced me growing up. It also doesn't help. Again, if you didn't know, I grew up in a pretty small town. Small is relative. It's about 60,000 people and everyone that I graduated high school with, I pretty much knew since I was really young. And in these small towns, especially in southern states and in the Bible Belt, a lot of people get married really young. I'm talking like when I graduate from high school, like 18, like they're getting engaged. People are going into the military and getting married. I think Lexi mentioned that in her episode. I think her parents are a little bit older. They were maybe like 21, but still like very young, getting married, having kids, like buying houses. And not thankfully, but like my friends in my social circle from high school, that wasn't necessarily the case for us. A lot of my friends still had serious relationships, but they weren't like getting married. Um, I think I mentioned like in a couple episodes now, Rachel is kind of like one of the first weddings that I went to. I have another friend that's married, but like other than those two friends, like the rest of my social circle from high school is still pretty like okay with not being married. Um, And also like Rachel got married like at the point where (laughs) we had graduated college at that point. So I'm like, okay, I guess that's normal. I can't assume that we're 16, 17 anymore. (laughs) But again, um, this influence of having people around you you know, get married super young, it it makes you think that you're behind in a sense. And even though like I knew deep down in my heart that that's not something that I wanted at 18 or 19, I think, like I said, in society, it's just always not forced down your throat. I don't want to keep saying that, but like really emphasize and it's whether it's, you know, aunts and uncles asking you at Christmas dinner, like, who are you talking to? Who are you dating? Or, you know, you see someone that you haven't seen in years and they're asking you like what's new in your dating life 
I just feel like it comes, it becomes such like a personality marker of like the type of person that you are at a certain age. And it's just really interesting. So whenever that would start happening to me, I would just start to feel like really behind and like I was missing out on something. And like I said, I've always known that I've wanted to be married and have someone, but and, and I'm not I'm not saying all of this to make it seem like there's something wrong with wanting a partner and wanting someone to experience life with. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think it's also important to be able to find joy in being single and being able to live life without having to think about somebody else's wants and feelings and desires and baggage and just kind of figure out life on your own. I think society today a little bit has shifted when it comes to women and there's nothing wrong with this in the sense of like female empowerment and being a badass independent woman who doesn't need a man but it's in our innate human nature to crave community and intimacy at the end of the day we're not meant to do life alone and whether that's like with friends or family or like with having a partner there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a partner I think especially when it comes to Valentine's Day today, people really want to like focus on single people, which is kind of interesting to me. I think like this holiday of love, like just focus on the people in in couples or like the people that you love. But instead, you know, we're like, I'm single and alone and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, like no one, like why are we patronizing single people? Just like there's nothing wrong with like not wanting a partner. There's nothing wrong with wanting a partner. And so wanted to touch on that as well. But kind of getting into like casual dating in general, um, <laughs> if you are not casually dating, and this is something that I tell Lexi a lot of the times, is like you are so lucky that you are not having to participate in casual dating right now. I think a lot has changed <laughs> um, in the past couple of years, especially whenever I kind of entered the dating scene. I think man, maybe what was that, like 2017, 2018 is when I kind of like dipped my toe in the water and started dating people that I like or talking to people that I like didn't really know. And these apps are just a whole different ballgame. And I think something can be said about the way that technology has affected our lives in so many facets and areas, especially when it comes to social media and online dating. When you think about it, you have what like the big three the big four apps what tinder bumble hinge what like coffee meets bagel i feel like there's some other ones but like i would say there's like the big three honestly and even within those three apps and again i'm i'm using my experience dating in somewhat of a bigger city so i can't necessarily say the same could be said for people who are in small towns as well but like being in a semi, I'm not going to say like a semi-large city, I think DFW is like the fourth biggest metroplex in the world, or not in the world, in the US. So like I, it doesn't feel like it sometimes, but I'll use that as an example. Dating in Dallas can be so interesting because you can be exposed to so many people, so many different people on three separate apps. And I think that that's just the amount of people that you're exposed to because it goes back to that theory of there's other fish in the sea and there's something better out there. And I think that that really influences us whenever we're choosing someone that can be like a potential partner or someone that you think you could be interested in. Obviously, there's, you know, the aspect of superficiality when it comes to dating. You 
are kind of creating this own narrative in your head about like what this person is like based off of what like six pictures, maybe at most three prompts. Maybe they have their Instagram linked and maybe they have their Spotify linked. But again, you're you're creating what you think this version of this person is in what, like half of a second before you swipe. And I, you know, like I myself am bad about this too. Like I get into this mindset and I think people make jokes about it, but it's like you start treating it like it's, there's a gamification of it. You know what I mean? You start treating it like it's a game and you start swiping so fast. There's honestly no intentionality between behind like swipes at some points. And that's not to say that like, some people don't actually look at every single profile that they experience and come across. They don't take the time to actually think about what this person could be like outside of this app. But I can say for a large majority, yeah, you might go in being like, I'm going to be super intentional today. And I'm really going to take the time to see if I could see myself with this person. And I could see like if I want to go on a first date with them and talk to them and explore things. Really, especially today in an era of instant gratification. And we're so used to having things in a split second and we're used to being able to look up any information on our phone in half a millisecond the same can be said about these apps it's like okay now like i feel like i can get exactly what i need just from like looking at the first picture your name and your age and where you went to school and it's like that's not a whole personality that's not a whole person that's not saying that people can't find their partner on these apps but a lot of the perils of casual dating is kind of caused within that gamification of apps, like the way that the algorithm works with these apps, like they're really just, it's all just a game at the end of the day. Like, you know, this rating system that they use to decide who they're going to like push out to you. Then, like I said on Hinge, like hiding the people that you're actually interested in behind a paywall. Like at the end of the day, one, it's all capitalism. But two, like I said, if you're really going on there with the intention of like wanting to find someone, a lot of the times, unless you're being super intentional and deliberate about like what you're doing you're not really going to find anybody and that's also not to say that like on the other end of that other people are doing the same thing you know what i mean i have witnessed guys in real life swipe right on every single person that they come across i i remember the first time i saw that i was like what are you doing like that is not how that app is supposed to work and then i've seen other videos like online of like a number of men who do that like and i'm like that is just simply not what the app is for <laughs> and so um that's like one part of casual dating that i'm just like the gamification the hiding people behind paywalls this belief that there's more people out there and there's someone better out there i think that that in itself is the cause for a lot of reasons that people are just aren't looking for serious relationships right now because they're like oh like we want to keep things open you know like we can still talk to other people and it's like if you're actually looking for something serious, like why do you want to like keep talking to people? Like, I don't know. It's just weird. And I could go more into that, but I kind of want to like just move on from the topic. But it's also really interesting because again, I'm speaking from the perspective of a heterosexual relationship. So I can't speak for like gay, lesbian couples. Sorry. Like this is just going to be <laughs> hetero coded, I guess, or cis coded. Um, but something that I'm also finding out is that boys today, a lot of boys today, I can't speak for all men, obviously. I don't want to use general overarching blanket statements, but a lot of men today want all the benefits of being in a relationship without the title. And that's kind of frustrating to me because it's like, 
you're wanting all the intimacy of being in a relationship and going on dates and having these deep talks and helping each other out and being there for each other. But then you like want to use the excuse of like, I just don't think I'm looking for anything serious right now, which is really interesting to me because it's like, again, I don't know if that's the, something different between men and women when it comes to the way they explore intimacy and being in relationships, or I don't know if I'm just <laughs> talking from my own experiences and making these blanket statements. And I've, I'm only just talking to emotionally unavailable men. Maybe that's also the case. Um, but for me, I'm like, you want me to do all the work of being a girlfriend without the title of being a girlfriend. And like, that's just simply not going to work for me. Like, you're not my only option. Going back to there's other fish in the sea. You're not my only option. And it's like, there's no point in me investing all this time and energy and it's not to say that I don't care about you in that sense and I don't want the best for you and I don't want to take the time to spend time with you and do those things. But it's also like, why would I do that when I'm not reaping the benefit and it's just taking all this energy out of me? So I think, I don't know where I was going with that. I think that also plays into my lack of experience with dating. And like I said, not being in a relationship. And I think whenever I first started dating, I was so eager to gain experience and get to talk to new guys and get to try new things out and do X, Y, and Z because I wanted a relationship and I wanted to have a boyfriend and I wanted to have a partner to experience life with. And I guess a part of me had stopped being okay being single because I felt like I was behind going back to that initial first bullet point that I had said about my background. But I feel like over time and as I've gained more confidence within myself and gone to therapy and explored these things and learned why rejection used to hit me so bad, like I've learned to be okay being single. I really, at the end of the day, love my life and I love my friends and I love my career and I believe that I'm a really successful woman. Um, I know that I'm ambitious. I know that I'm, I think I'm funny. <laughs> I know that I'm funny. I know that I am, you know, like worldly and I try new things and I, I love all of those things about myself. But it's also on the flip side of of that like it is okay and normal to feel lonely like I think some of the most successful women also feel like these very strong feelings of loneliness and I think a lot can be said about that there are feelings of loneliness surrounding friendships and postgrad and everything else but there's also this feeling of loneliness when it comes to like wanting a partner to do life with and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I mentioned like a couple of minutes ago when it comes, when it came to like Galentine's and being an independent boss bitch and like whatever else, it's like, there's nothing wrong with wanting someone to be there for those steps along the way. And that's like also a part of being single. And I think that a lot of the times the narrative around being single is, well, you should just like, enjoy being single. Like you're going to look back one day and like crave that one day whenever you get into a marriage or a long-term relationship and I'm like I get what you're saying but it's like I also can't 
relate to what you're saying. It's like, I've been single 24 years of my life. Sure, I've liked it at some points, but it's like, I'm at the point in my life where I want someone. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with me wanting to have someone. And I think that a lot of the times people try to negate your feelings when you're single. And they're like, this is the best time of your life. Like, you can do absolutely whatever you want. And one day you're going to wish you were still single and like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, sure, that could be, that could absolutely be the case. But it's not a bad thing for me to want someone right now. Like, that's just, that's also okay. But on the flip side of that, (laughs) I feel like I'm going back and forth. And this is still like a little bit of a random, uh, a little bit of a ramble. But like I just mentioned about um, therapy and learning how to gain confidence and enjoy the stage of life that I'm in now, I think it's also something important can be said about figuring out your shit before you try to find a partner. And that is something that really used to actually irritate me (laughs) when people would say like, oh, work on yourself before you try to find someone. And I would be like, I'm sorry, but that's just not fair. I think I actually said this maybe like a couple months ago. I I had this mindset of like, well, why do I have to be the one to figure my stuff out before I, I get a boyfriend? Like I know plenty of people, one in my life and two outside of my social circle that have plenty of things wrong with them that I know about <laughs> that like still have long-term partners. And it's something that like my mom would say, like my therapist would say, like people in my like who were close to me would say, and I'm like, Sure, like I get what you're saying, but like, why does it have to be me who has to be the one to do it? I can't even lie, I don't have an answer for that. Um, but I do know the importance of it. And it wasn't until I encountered it for the first time that like I realized the importance of it. So, again, going back to this situationship stage that I was that I've been talking about, because that's all I've experienced, I would say in the past year year and a half I've had a couple of situationships that have just like fucked with me in different ways so excuse my language um one of the first ones that I can remember was like my second or third situationship and I remember getting a text one day and he was just like yeah oh going back to literally what I said in my intro got a long-winded text I was like, hey, I just think it would be better if we were friends. Like, I liked hanging out with you, blah, 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 like the whole nine. And I remember getting that text. I was working front desk at the gym that I work at. I was in college still. It was like a couple months before I was graduating. And I got that text and like my heart sank because guys, one, to give you guys background, I had just... Also, mind you, oh my god, this is so embarrassing now that I'm thinking about it. This was over Snapchat chat. Um, I had just asked him like if he wanted to hang out that night or something. And he had responded and was like, I like half swiped, if you know, you know. I had half swiped and I saw this long message in response to me saying, like, do you want to hang out? And I was like, that can't be good. And I opened it. I see like, you know, the whole nine of him saying, like, I think we should be friends, like whatever. And literally my heart like sank. Um, I just was like, what the actual hell? (laughs) And I think I was just so shell-shocked and surprised that I just like was at a loss for words. And I remember just like not being able to think. Like my brain was clouded. I was like, what? (laughs) Like I was just so shook. I was like, this just came out of nowhere. 
Um, and it really actually wrecked me. Like I was not okay. I left my shift early that day. Sorry to Lexi who was working with me. I was like, I just literally cannot be here anymore. Like I cannot think I cannot, like I need to go home. I went straight home. I told my roommate what happened. I did not expect to cry. I started bawling my eyes out as I was telling the story to my roommate. Um, and I just was like, not okay. It's actually really funny now. Um, I, I will expose myself and say this because I'm not going to say who the guy was just because I'm scared. Like Dallas is kind of small. But like <laughs> my friend Darian, who we had on in an episode was, this was what, like, oh my gosh, maybe 2020, 2021. He was staying with us for like two weeks and was sleeping on our couch, LOL. But he was staying with us and <laughs> I had gotten so desperate to like get this guy to like come back and like do whatever and keep talking again i guess this was when like this is so embarrassing this is when like manifestation tiktok started kind of popping off and (laughs) this is when oh my god what's her name maybe like coco moco if you know if you know you know she was like this is how you manifest like someone specific like texting you back or like someone specific like whatever and it was like the post-it note method I literally to this day could not tell you like what it actually is no it was like the 369 method or something and you write something three times and you write it six times and you write it nine times again I don't remember what the actual like what you're supposed to say but I just remember I wrote it on a post-it I guess I was at my desk when I wrote the note completely forgot about it because it had been days also like that it didn't work like (laughs) and I'm not saying I don't believe manifestation but like it didn't work and I just actually like completely forgot about it and my friend Darian had to like take a meeting or something (laughs) and like I said he was sleeping on our couch so he couldn't take it in the living room and he took it in my room and he went to my desk (laughs) he came out of the meeting and he comes out and he's like uh Victoria like who is so-and-so he's and I was like what and he was like I saw this person's name written on your desk like on a post-it on your desk like 10 times and I was like oh my god like that it was the most embarrassing moment of my life and I was like I was trying to manifest and like texting me back but like that's like a running joke like between me and Daria now is the fact that he like he saw me down bad that was like my first down bad situationship ending um so then the next time one ended it got like progressively easier over time um this is all leading into something like important I realized from all these situationships ending and the way that I would be so distraught and so like heartbroken and so upset guys like I'm talking like I would not like get out of bed go to class like go to work like whatever else it would be so like detrimental to me and debilitating like I'm t- I'm not even kidding like I'm not exaggerating like I would be so upset so depressed like whenever something would end and it was honestly learning how to deal with rejection and it was something that I realized that I never had to deal with growing up obviously there's like the obvious answer like yeah you didn't have to deal with rejection from potential partners and guys when dating because I wasn't dating whenever I was younger but on the flip side of that I also wasn't dealing with rejection when it came to anything that I had pursued. (laughs) And that's not even like a me trying to flex. Like I just am a 
very ambitious person. When I want something, I really go after it. I'm a really good like interviewer. Like <laughs> I do really well in job interviews. I like if it's an internship that I want, like I'm going to get it. If it's a job that I want, I'm going to get it. And so yeah, I had just never dealt with rejection before. Like I didn't I didn't have any college rejections whenever I applied to school. So it's like I had never felt that experience like truly in its true form until I started casually dating. And I think I think someone on TikTok calls it like rejection exposure and it's like learning how to deal with no or something like that. And over time, like I had to learn it the hard way in the sense of like guys being like, yeah, I don't think this is it, like whatever else and getting like really upset and then like still mostly upset and then like uh like a little bit more upset the last time that ended i remember he chose the ghosting approach which is kind of crazy guys like we had been talking for like months but <laughs> this last one before the one that i'm in like right now this last one we had been talking for like nearly a year and hanging out for maybe like nearly a year honestly too and he would like come over and like with him I like fully knew I wasn't gonna date him like he definitely had some red flags um one he was like strangely conservative like I and I'm using that specific phrasing because it's like while I don't necessarily align my values with the conservative party I can like follow what they're saying if that makes any sense I'm like I don't agree with you but sure yeah like that's your stance this guy like he would say things and I'm like you're literally not making sense <laughs> like I'm not even gonna get into it because like I really want to do a dating episode with like see about like the types of guys that we've dated but like guys like he would literally say some outlandish stuff <laughs> to where I was like don't say that around me like why would you say that didn't believe in paying for a girl's like dinner you guys like I was down bad like <laughs> I was, he was like, he would be like, we should go to sushi. And I'm like, are you going to pay for me? And guys, I'm also not that type of girl. Like I, I believe like whatever, like if I can pay for my own meal, like that's not the issue. My thing is, is if you're asking me to go to dinner, you are paying for my meal. That is how that works. If I ask you to go to drinks then yeah, I'll offer to like buy my drink. I'm still expecting that you'll buy it, but like whatever. If I ask you, then like, sure. He would ask me to go to dinner. He also, I need to preface and say this too, at one point he like quit his job and then like, I just never got an update on that. I was like, so do you have a job now? And then like every time he'd come over and joke and be like, yeah, like I'm just going to move in with you, like whatever else. And I'm like, no. And like, I was like, I genuinely can't tell if you're trying to, if you're joking with me or if like you're being for real. So I'm just going to go ahead and nip it in the bud and be like, you're not moving here. Yeah. So he like chose to ghost me. So like, again, that was probably for the best, like homeboy had no job was low-key misogynistic a little bit problematic like it was probably for the best so with that one I wasn't like sad I was just really confused I remember I got back from New York like my flight had just landed like I snapchatted him before my flight and then I landed and then like I saw, saw that it was gray and I was like this dude just like un unfollowed me on snapchat and I was like what but like he had my phone number so then I texted him and I was like did you just like not block me but I was like did you just unadd me on snapchat and he didn't respond to me so like I don't know it was just weird I was more so confused and sad with that one I was just like what so yeah it's gotten progressively easier to deal with rejection a long-winded story to explain that 
but um you have to kind of go through some no's to get to the yeses and I haven't gotten there yet but you have to figure all of that out so like I all of those rejections and all of those no's were times for me to come to terms with things about myself that I really hadn't fully found out yet if that makes sense you know one of those was my confidence in the fact that I was finding validation externally and finding it through these guys and you know when you're finding external validation through men and through the people that you're talking to that rejection hurts a thousand times more when you don't have the inner confidence in self-love I hate to use that term self-love when you don't have that inner confidence and self-love within yourself to know that like that doesn't define you if that makes sense and I feel like I, I I'm hoping that what I'm saying is making sense and doesn't just sound like you know like the generic phrases because I'm, I'm I cannot explain to you a thousand times over like I understand what it feels like to hear that and be like what are you even talking about but I'm telling you when I came to the realization you are letting these men define your worth and like that is just not how it needs to be like you need to realize that like you have so much more going for you than like what this guy who you don't even need to be with was providing you and so those were just some of the limiting beliefs and patterns that I had to unlearn to be able to go in to these dating scenarios and situationships with more confidence the ability to set boundaries and stick to them actually and know my worth and like know what I deserve and so I think that's really important sorry to go off on a tangent about that and it's like all those times where I would deal with that rejection and be so hurt and be so devastated was just a sign that I wasn't ready at one time of my life and like I said I used to be so annoyed with people who'd be like maybe it's just not time maybe you're not ready like maybe you need to work on yourself and I just did not agree with it for the longest time <laughs> like but it wasn't until I really did that inner work and inner healing that I realized that I wasn't ready even up until what like maybe a month ago like I was I'm, I'm still talking to someone I thought I was ready and it's like I still actually may not be ready there are still things that I'm learning and uncovering and unpacking through talking to different people that I'm like maybe I don't know what I want like maybe I don't know like the values that I'm looking for in a person and it's important to know that like you are running your own race the right person will come at the right time you don't need to be comparing yourself to the other people in your life and I think that that's something that was really hard for me especially last year love Rachel to death um one of my best friends it's just like so annoying and I know you're listening to this Rachel because Rachel and Zach this is how I know they're meant for each other <laughs> because like Zach had been pining after Rachel for the longest time and she just like didn't give him the time of day she finally gives him the time of the day time of day like a year later and they instantly like fall in love. He proposes, like they get married and they move to Hawaii. And if you really want to know like the story, you can go listen to her episode. I think it's, there's still more to come. Um, but that was like, not that it ruined my mental health. I was actually like really happy for her, <laughs> but I was just like, oh my gosh, like that is the story that like I, I want and I want to be able to experience. And also, granted, it's a lot easier to look at something outside looking in versus actually knowing the details. Um, Rachel also went through like a lot of other things last year that like impacted her life. She had a, a year of high highs and low lows. So it's also like even in, within that own comparison game that I was doing, 
it's like, yeah, you're looking at the real, the highlight reel of what's going on in her life, but she's also experienced some other crazy things in her life. And so it's important to like, remember that you're on your own journey. You're on your own path and that there's nothing wrong with you. I think it's especially hard when you start getting older. You know, you reach the stage in your life where your friends are getting married, they're having kids, they're having these major life milestones and moments. And yeah, of course you're happy for them. But there's a little inner voice within you being like, well, you haven't even like had a boyfriend yet. You haven't even had the initial stepping stone. Like you're so behind. You have like so much work to do. Like how is there any way that you're going to like be married on the timeline that you want and have kids in the time that you want when you haven't even gotten the first step yet? And I think that we both, Lexi and I, are trying to unlearn like the control that we really want to have over our lives. I think there's this phrase that's like, man talks and God laughs or, you know, you make a plan and God like shows you something like way different or the universe, whatever you believe in. And I actually like fully believe in that. I think you can plan your life out to a T and it's just like you genuinely never know what's coming. But touching back on that idea of rejection, dating, divine timing, getting discouraged, I think the importance of all of that is reframing your thinking. And I think I talked about this in our Romanticizing Your Life episode, but a lot of getting through tough times in your life is really centered around reframing your thinking. I think with dating and rejection and these constant cycles that a lot of us go through with dating, you it's very easy to get discouraged and like be like, it's not even worth it and quit and like me, like delete your apps and be like, I'm just sworn off guys right now. But I think that there's something important that can be said about sessions of waiting and experiencing no. It's not necessarily like, and not at all. It's just like a not right now. And like I said, in those moments where it doesn't necessarily work out or it doesn't go the way that you would have hoped, I think that it's important to realize that like this is the time for you to reevaluate your values, where you're at mentally and emotionally, and what you're looking for. And I think there's something that can be said about being happy with where you are now. I think that there's power in that. And I think that there is power in just experiencing life as it is and as it comes. I think every circumstance in your life doesn't have to align for you to be happy and content. I think letting go of that preoccupation of being like, nothing ever works out for me and dating never works and guys just suck will really allow you to like enjoy the stage of life that you're in rather than yearning for something and longing for something that's not there right now. If you really sit back and think about where you were a year ago, I can't speak for everyone. Again, I'm speaking for myself. Um, Thinking about like where I was a year ago mentally whenever I experienced rejection versus where I'm at today, like the amount of growth that I've seen within myself and being able to deal with that and growing my confidence and like knowing who I am and knowing my values and knowing what I want in life, like so much has changed in a year. And the same thing can be said about the year before that and the year before that whenever I started dating. And unfortunately, like as much as it sucks, like it really is a journey. (laughs) And my romanticization, that's not the right word. My romantic side is going to really come out whenever I say this because I really do believe this. I think there is someone out there for everybody. 
I don't think that there's like one specific person. I think that there are multiple people out there for us, but like it's gonna happen one day. And I think that it's something about, like I said, divine timing. I think it'll happen at the time that it needs to happen. And there's no need to be playing this like rushing game with yourself and rushing yourself before you're ready and trying to make someone fit this mold of like someone that they're not gonna be. Because at the end of the day, you're both going to end up upset if you are forcing something that's not meant for you. And I think I think it's really just important to embody the mindset of everything will work out for the greater good. Like nothing that I experience in life, nothing good for me will pass me by. And I know that's an, an affirmation and you don't have to believe in affirmations or believe in the universe or whatever else. I think it's like a, a different take on everything happens for a reason. But truly, if you believe that nothing good nothing made for you will pass you by it will really like shift your mindset because i promise you when you really take that look and that advantage especially when it comes to dating while it might suck at the moment and you were seeing the potential of someone versus who they actually were and you finally start to see that person for who they actually are and like how they would have affected your life you will realize that you the universe was like saving you in the end and it's like that wasn't the person for you the person that you are looking for is out there and there's no perfect person out there but like i think it's important just to know that like these moments of waiting and the in between are the moments that you really should cherish and really embrace like where you are in life yeah that is like my rant about dating i don't really know if it came to one takeaway Mo- mostly just like enjoying where you're at not rushing the process and learning to be okay with whatever we're doing when it comes to casually dating right now. Um, I feel like that was like a bunch of word vomit <laughs> and I hope it made some kind of cohesive sense. If not, I'm sorry. Um, I feel like it makes more sense when I'm bouncing stuff off of people, but yeah, that's my take. Um, if you made it this far, make sure to go follow and subscribe to our podcast also go rate us five stars wherever you listen and follow us on instagram the instagram's going to be at the entry level pod with two e's lexi and i's personal instagrams are also in the bio and while you're at it go catch up on our old episodes but other than that thanks and have a great rest of your day bye